السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وبه نستعين ونصلي ونسلم على أفضل الخلق أجمعين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين وبعد All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless him and all his companions And to grant us all goodness to protect us in this world and the next. Beloved brothers and sisters, as you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed the Prophet Abraham, may peace be upon him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept prophethood in his progeny. From amongst his children, we spoke about Ismail alayhi salam and Ishaq, Ishmael and Isaac, may peace be upon them. And Ishaq alayhi salatu was salam had a son known as Ya'qub. Ya'qub alayhi salam he was already born in the lifetime of Ibrahim alayhi salam and Ibrahim alayhi salam had seen him. And they have also had some conversations that are made mention of in the Quran when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Ibrahim alayhi salam advised Ishaq and Ya'qub, both names are included. Ya'qub alayhi salam had 12 children. Mashallah, from those 12 children, 10 were from a different mother and 2 were from a separate mother. The two that were from a separate mother, we have known the name of one of them, that is Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam, or the Prophet Joseph, may peace be upon him. The other one, it is reported that his name was Benjamin or Binyamin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's peace be upon all of them and upon us as well. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to tell him or to narrate to them a beautiful story. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed a beautiful story in the Qur'an and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of this نَحْنُ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ أَحْسَنَ الْقَصَصِ بِمَا أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ وَإِن كُنْتَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ لَمِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ we have revealed in this Qur'an for you a beautiful story, the best of stories that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of. And He says, prior to this, you had not known this story. Again, we know it because of revelation. Subhanallah, this evening we read Surah Al-Shu'ara, which has many short verses. That is why it takes a little bit longer to recite the surah. Many short verses all connected to the previous prophets and their nations and what happened to them. And I'm sure a lot of us must have picked up verses that we have been reading in the last few days in the lectures. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. So in these verses, Allah is saying that I am narrating to you a beautiful story. And the story starts when this young boy saw a dream. Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam, he got up one day from his sleep very happy. And he was excited and he rushed to his father. Oh my father, I've seen a dream. It was a unique dream. Because not every day do our children narrate dreams to us. For us, when it's a nightmare, they narrate it to us. When it comes to these anbiya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِذْ قَالَ يُوسُفُ لِأَبِيهِ يَا أَبَتِ إِنِّي رَأَيْتُ أَحَدَ عَشَرَ كَوْكَبًا 
Remember when Yusuf went to his father and told him, Oh my father, I have seen in my dream that 11 stars and the sun and the moon were prostrating to me. They were in sujood to me. And that is something that was strange. His father was a Nabi, messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Yaqub, the prophet Jacob, may peace be upon him. He was also known as Israel. So whenever the Quran speaks about Banu Israel, it is speaking about the children of Jacob. There were 12 of them, and each one of them, there was a tribe or a clan that followed from their progeny. So the father understood immediately that this means there must be some elevated status of this young child. Something very high. And it is reported that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through revelation had given Ya'qub alayhi salam the interpretation of the dream that Allah will raise him very high, grant him prophethood and make him a person who is extremely high. So immediately the father, because there were so many children and he was the youngest, Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam, there was this sibling rivalry. When we say sibling rivalry, we're talking of how brothers and sisters, sometimes they don't get along with each other. They love each other the most. But they're also jealous of each other to a degree that it's not really understood. We need to protect ourselves from this. We need to love our brothers and sisters. And we need to understand from a young age, speaking to those who are children, we need to play with each other. Yes, but remember your territory. Remember what is yours. Don't intentionally create mischief. And don't try and take what does not belong to you and cause a problem. Because it leaves a scar in the heart of a little infant or a child that lasts sometimes forever. And shaitan comes and chisel through that little crack and makes it into a crater. May Allah protect us. So we don't want those little games where one is now oppressing the other. When a parent notices this, they must intervene. And immediately say, look, this is your territory, that is your territory. You will not cross the boundaries. Because we, as far as we can, it is our duty to prevent this type of sibling rivalry. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of how this Nabi of, of his, Yaqub, Jacob, may peace be upon him. He already noticed that because these, this one is the youngest, and I am, you know, very affectionate towards him, not that he was not affectionate to the others. I'll explain in a moment what exactly happened. But he warned his child, his son. Ya bunayya, la taqsus ru'iyaka ala ikhwatika fayakidu laka kayda. Oh my son, do not relate this dream to your brethren. Because if you do, they may plan a plot against you. They may plan your downfall. And what did he say? Indeed, shaitan, Satan, is a clear enemy against man. Look at the Prophet. He is clearly saying, the children are good, the youngsters are good, but shaitan is who is bad. And shaitan, if we allow him to overtake us, he controls us and then we become evil with him. The minute we divorce him, the minute we throw him out, automatically we become better people. Now, why is it that they felt this? The lesson is for us all who are seated here and for the rest of the ummah. 
When a parent has the first child, mashallah, they spoil the child. And the child, alhamdulillah, is so happy. And they see a lot of love. And they get the toys. And everything belongs to that child. Mashallah. Then suddenly come the brother or the sister, the next one. Now, it is not that the parent has stopped loving the oldest child. No. But they need to afford the, the second child similar love. So when the first one sees that the second one is being loved, he feels wrongly that I was never loved. Look at this. But he can't remember there was a day when you were alone, when you were loved even more than this. So this is shaitan. And thereafter there is a third child. So everyone was a baby at some stage. And normally it's the baby who is the most spoiled. So those who are older, they cannot remember the days when they were a baby, when they were spoiled. So they feel that we are not being spoiled and my father or my mother is favoring this little one, not realizing there was a day when they too were favored. Now if we have to sit and think about it for a few moments, we will be able to identify the devil in our thinking and kick him out. But sadly people allow that to play on them, they allow it to work on them, they become depressed, they go on to drugs, they go on to this and that, and they begin to blame their parents. And they say, my father, you know, he ignored me. He gave preference to this child over that one and so on. Now, it is your luck if you are the last born. It's just your luck. Allahu Akbar. So in this particular case, Yusuf alayhi salam being the little one, mashallah, Yaqub alayhi salam had this protective feeling over him. So he says, oh my son, don't relate. What do we learn from this? My beloved brothers and sisters, we've said it in the past. A piece of good news don't relate it to anyone and everyone. Sometimes your own family members can misinterpret it, can become jealous of you. This is why we say, good news, thank Allah. Bad news, thank Allah. You don't have to relate news to everyone. This is a powerful message. Imagine a Nabi of Allah is telling his child, do not relate this thing. It doesn't seem to us as something important, but he knows what he's talking about. Then you get the disobedience of the father. This little child did not understand the advice of the father. It happens with us. We do not understand the advice of our parents sometimes. When they tell you, look son, don't do this. Look my beloved daughter, don't do that. We don't understand it. So we quietly behind their backs, we go and do it and we burn our fingers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us. And this is a lesson. We want to take out maximum lessons from Surah Yusuf inshallah. So we find it's important for us to listen to our parents, especially when we are little children growing up we won't see the light in certain things. It's exciting to take a candy from the spa as you've entered the shop and you're coming out in the exit where the aisle is and quietly put it in your pocket. Then when you caught, mashallah, and your father's made to look like a big thief, then you know what it's all about. That candy will, mashallah, descend on your bottoms. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So Yusuf alayhi salam, innocently, he related the story to his brothers. Allahu Akbar, because he was excited, a young boy, you know what, I've seen a dream. And in this dream, i seen myself, this, 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 what happened. Now the brothers, they started becoming jealous of him. And we don't know whether or not he even told them that my father said, don't tell you. You know, it's a typical response. People come to the doorstep at your home, knock the door, you send the child, tell them I'm not at home. He says, no, my dad said he's not at home. <laughs> Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. So this is how we get caught. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deeper understanding. Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam, after he said that, the brothers, they looked at each other. And when he wasn't around, they had a little informal meeting where they said, 
إذ قالوا ليوسف وأخوه أحب إلى أبينا منا ونحن عصبة إن أبانا لفي ضلال مبين Don't you notice that our father loves Joseph and his brother much more than us? Yet we are the brothers, we are the older brothers, we are the powerful, we are this and we are that. And indeed our father is astray, clearly astray. And this hatred developed. Why did it develop? My beloved brothers and sisters, the lesson is for us. When we do not solve and resolve a problem, it can only become bigger. Solve your matters now. Today, don't leave them for tomorrow. Tomorrow they become bigger. And the following day they get to the extent where you start planning the downfall of someone in a manner that will result in your own downfall. So this is why it's important. Whether it's a marital crisis, whether it's between brothers and sisters, solve it as soon as possible. Have a big heart. Remember one thing, not everybody is the same. Brothers and sisters are different. Husband, wife, different. This side of the in-laws and that side are different. Relatives are different. Everybody is different. We think differently. Yes, we have common factors. Let's build on them. Where we are different, allow them. One likes tea, one likes coffee. One likes Egyptian tea, the other one likes maybe Sulaimani tea. So what? We can all have all our teas because Allah has provided it for us. We have such a diversity. That's why we start fighting. When we don't have it, it's one tea for the whole family. Joko, mashallah. <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. <laughs> I see everybody is wide alert this evening, mashallah, mashallah. So, Allahu Akbar. Here, these children, it was left for a while. They did not relate the story. They didn't solve the problem. It was easy for them to go to their father and to find an answer. Oh, our father, we have a problem. We think you are favoring our child more than us or the other brother more than us. They did not do that. They decided to let it brew. This again is from Iblis, from the devil. When we have a problem, go to the source. You've heard something about him, go to him, talk to him. Why do we carry on letting the story brew behind that person's back? Go to them directly, sort it out, clear your heart, clean it and sleep whilst you are in a condition close to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what happened to these children? They did not approach their father. They decided to do the wrong thing and that was amongst themselves. They allowed it to brew and they agreed. And when they agreed, remember, one person alone cannot plan something big. But now you have the support of nine others. There's ten of you in total. So what did they do? They started planning things. So the worst plan came out. Just kill him. Imagine the first thing, kill him. Murdering your own brother. And this shows us, Yaqub alayhi salam, he was a Nabi of Allah. He was a person who was granted nubuwa and prophethood by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He must have given his children a powerful upbringing, a beautiful upbringing, a nabi bringing up his children who had accepted his message. And here you have shaitan interfering. Now what would be the case with our own offspring and with us? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to identify shaitan and to literally kick him out. Don't allow him to split us. Remember, so it also teaches us as parents that it is not a joke looking after children. We really need to be role models. The other day on Facebook I had a message where someone said that we have parents whom themselves are busy committing adultery and they expect their children to be on salah. 
They are busy with the BBMs and what have you, engaging in haram and illicit relations, and they are making dua that their children become hafid. What, what kind is this? May Allah safeguard us. When are we going to realize that as parents, everything must cut out completely. The relations must be permissible and halal. Then we make dua for our offspring. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer our call. Because we are becoming older and older as time is passing. We need to be the role models of our children. We will leave. What type of kids do we expect to have when we ourselves are no role models? Up to the point of death, we were engaged in mischief. Look at this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors and grant us a lesson. So the children, first thing they said is, let's kill him. Then they had another option, plan B, because that's a bit hard. Or throw him into a far off land. Take him very, very far away and get him lost there, somewhere. At least then your father will give you a bit more attention. That's the word used. Your father will look at you a bit more and he will give you a bit more attention. My beloved brothers and sisters, remember, equality between children is farad. It is compulsory. It is a duty. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has warned his companions. Once there was a companion who wanted to give a gift to one of his children and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, have you given this gift to all your children? And the, the Sahabi says, no, I haven't. He says, in that case, you have one of two options. You either give it to all of them or you do not give anyone. We need to understand. Sometimes our own actions create hatred between our own children without us knowing. To be just between our children is farad. Yes. If one deserves merit because of a deed they have done that the others haven't explained to them, whoever does this will receive a prize and award. When they do that, then the person who deserves the award will deserve it whilst the others will be working towards it. So they know. But to openly, blatantly favor one over the others is haram. It is not allowed. It is a major sin, not a minor one. It's a major sin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. So, Another point that we also learn from this is when it comes to our children and we have been granted boys and girls and so on, we have been granted offspring, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep them as the coolness of our eyes. One is the importance of being just. The other is when admonishing them. You do not admonish one for something he did or she did. And when the other does the same thing, then we let them go by with it and we let them pass and we do not admonish them. That is also favoritism. So there is favoritism in giving and favoritism in admonishing. We need to be balanced. As far as possible, we should be balanced and it is very important to open the doors of communication with our children in order to avoid this type of error to happen in their lives. So the communication must be open full blast. When I say fully, what we mean is, they must be able to discuss with you whatever has come in their minds, especially on the globe we are living in today, where so many scary things are happening. If your children are not going to confide in you, they will then confide in someone who will give them wrong advice. So they'd rather be have an open relation and say, Dad, you know what? This evening I seen this and this is what happened and that's what happened. And you know this and that. And you should not be a person who suddenly blows your top. Thank Allah that at least they told you. At least they told you. Now you deal with it professionally in a proper manner. 
we learn this also from this particular surah. Now there was one. You see, when you have brothers, there's always one who inclines to you a little bit more sometimes. And they feel a little bit more for you. Allah puts it in the heart. At the end of the day, blood is still thicker than water. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. There's only one thing thicker than blood. And that is, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, the one says, قَالَ قَائِلٌ مِّنْهُمْ لَا تَقْتُلُوا يُوسُفَ وَأَلْقُوهُ فِي غَيَابَةِ الْجُبِّ يَلْتَقِطُهُ بَعْضُ السَّيَّارَةِ إِن كُنْتُمْ فَاعِلِينَ One of them said, listen, let's not kill him. Don't kill Yusuf. You rather throw him into a well that is unused and cover it up. Maybe a caravan might pass. They'll collect him and take him somewhere else. They'll do whatever they want, but at least we know we wouldn't have killed him. So they hatched the plan. And they went to their father. They spoke about it and they went to their father. قَالُوا يَا أَبَانَا مَا لَكَ لَا تَأْمَنَّا عَلَى يُوسُفَ وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَنَاصِحُونَ They said, O oh, our father, why don't you trust us with Joseph? May peace be upon him, with Yusuf. Why don't you trust us with him? Send him with us. Why don't you trust us with him? Yet we are genuine. We are those who are genuine. We are his brothers. We have such a genuine feeling for him. We want to take him sometimes with us. أَرْسِلْهُ مَعَنَا غَدًا يَرْتَعْ وَيَلْعَبْ وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ Send him, please, we're begging you. Tomorrow, we're going to play. So when we go and play, send him with us. We'll enjoy, we'll do this, we'll play a better sport and we'll do what have you. And we'll come back and inshallah, we will protect him. So, Yaqub alayhi salam was very intelligent. He knew there was a little bit of rivalry there. And he looks at them and says, قَالَ إِنِّي أَخَافُ Allahu Akbar. He says, look, I fear. إِنِّي لَيَحْزُنُنِي أَن تَذْهَبُوا بِهِ It will make me sad if you people take him. It will make me sad. وَأَخَافُ أَن يَأْكُلَهُ الذِّئْبُ وَأَنْتُمْ عَنْهُ غَافِلُونَ I fear that a fox might come and eat him whilst you people are oblivious and you're not really watching him. So this is my fear. So that's why I wouldn't really like to send him with you. Look at him. Subhanallah. Nabi of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. They had an answer. And this is why do not underestimate your children. They will have an answer for you for everything. I always say, if the children of a Nabi could lie to the Nabi, you think our children are the most truthful? And I've found people who roll their sleeves up and go to the school or the madrasa to beat up the teacher or the ustad based on what a five-year-old child has told them. And they think, no, I've heard professionals saying children don't lie. What a joke. What a joke. Children are professional liars. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. They say innocent child, what do they have? Wallahi, the children of today, those Toms and Jerry's they watch all day. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection. It's a fact of life. You find them coming up and really singing such lies that you're looking at them and you're amazed. You're also baffled and conned. They tell you, I saw a car. It was moving at 300 k's an hour, dad. And you're looking at him and say, yes, where was it? He said, you know, it was this. And he'll come with all the names and absolutely everything, but it was all a lie. Allahu Akbar. 
And you're looking at him and thinking, how intelligent my child is. May Allah safeguard us. So they had an answer for Ya'qub alayhi salatu wasalam. What was the response? They said, قَالُوا لَإِنْ أَكَلَهُ الذِّئْبُ وَنَحْنُ عُصْبَةٌ إِنَّا إِذَا لَخَاسِرُونَ How can a wolf eat him? If a wolf eats him or if a fox eats him, then we are all there. We would be the losers. The loss is ours just as much as it's yours. Look at the answer. They say, if you think you're going to be at loss, the loss is ours as well. So the father reluctantly allowed them to go. So the Quran says, فَلَمَّا ذَهَبُوا بِهِ وَأَجْمَعُوا أَن يَجْعَلُوهُ فِي غَيَابَةِ الْجُبِّ وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْهِ لَتُنَبِّئَنَّهُمْ بِأَمْرِهِمْ هَذَا وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when these people hatched their plan, they placed him into a well, as though they were playing a game with him. So they told him to take his shirt off. He took it off and they placed him into the well. And they said, it's like a hide and seek sort of a game. They put him in there. They covered it. We're coming just now and they never came. Imagine their own brother. What type of hearts must they have had? Allahu Akbar. Yet Allah forgave them later on. Now just a point. What were they trying to do? They were planning the downfall of their brother. Listen very carefully. Because according to them, the father was giving more importance to the brother than them. And it was only through this plan that Allah had something else. Had they not done this, what the end result was, was not going to come. So Allah says, we revealed, we inspired this little child. We inspired him that don't worry, this entire episode will come to an end in a good way. So Allah had calmed the heart down. Not only of Yusuf alayhi salam, but even of Ya'qub alayhi salam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَجَاءُوا أَبَاهُمْ عِشَاءً They came at night back to their father crying. Imagine crying. They were crying. Allah says, يَبْكُون Which means they had tears. I wonder if they were onions or crocodile tears or what have you. Allahu Akbar. But this shows us that sometimes in order to receive sympathy, people can cry without us noticing or knowing that this is only a sympathy seeker. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to distinguish. قَالُوا يَا أَبَانَا إِنَّا ذَهَبْنَا نَسْتَبِقُ وَتَرَكْنَا يُوسُفَ عِنْدَ مَتَاعِنَا فَأَكَلَهُ الذِّئْبُ Oh, our father, we were racing. And because he was a little boy, we had to leave him with all our items and belongings. And as we were racing and we were slightly oblivious, a fox came and ate him. A fox came and ate him. Look, they're using the same words that the father had said moments earlier. Same words, same plan. They didn't even have to think very far. Now the father knew. In our language, we would say, smelt a rat. What does that mean? He knew something is amiss. Definitely. So... He was still speaking to them and they happened to bring a sign. Clever people. A sign meaning, you want evidence? Our father, you want evidence? If our tears are not enough, we're going to show you something else. Allahu Akbar. They came and they brought the shirt and they had false blood on the shirt. 
They had cut a little animal and when the animal was bleeding, they quickly sprayed the blood on the shed. They said, right, take it to the father. Now the father is intelligent. If a fox ate the child, the shirt would have been torn. No tear on the shirt. You see, when people want to lie, there's something they forget that the expert would immediately know this is a lie. Like we have emails doing their rounds about the people of Ad. And they're showing you a massive, what looks like a massive skeleton. And two small people trying to dig on the side. And they say, people of Ad. And the Muslims are saying, subhanallah. Not realizing the Quran says there is no trace of the people of Ad. The Quran tells you that. Now when you look at it, you can go to hoax slayer.com and you will find the giant skeleton. It's a big hoax. It's photoshopped. You know what photoshopping means? They just edit and cut. So there's a skeleton. All they got to do is take a man, make him small, as though he's digging right by the head and paste him there. And to you it seems like the skeleton is big. Not that the man digging was made small. Allahu Akbar. What a joke. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant the Muslims guidance. The point I want to raise from this false blood is if you have iman, you will be able to detect what is false and what is not. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu in tattaqullaha yaj'al lakum furqana O you who believe. If you are conscious of Allah, He will give you the ability to distinguish between right and wrong. He will give you the ability to distinguish between false and what is correct, what is true. So we need to be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many times, there are emails floating around. There is one which shows the grave of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Where? That which has been sent is the grave of Jalaluddin al-Rumi in Turkey. Go and Google it and see. There are no photographs whatsoever of the Qabr Sharif of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nothing, null, not even one, nothing. It's sealed completely, it is covered with lead. There's nothing, no sign from inside or outside, null, nothing. Now people get excited and the emails do their rounds. Then they have another one, house of Khadija radiallahu anha, house of Fatima radiallahu anha, this. Where did they get all this from? Allahu Akbar. Imagine the latest camera with a color, with a color picture, with a resolution far greater than the passport photos we have. And they want to say this is a home in the 1400 years ago. Whose camera were they using? <laughs> Allahu Akbar. And we say, subhanallah, we start crying and we forward the message and we write at the bottom, if you don't send it to 10 people, you're going to suffer. A'udhu <laughs> billah. Wallahi, it's a fact. Look at this. And our iman goes higher and lower because of photos that these people are making a fool of us of. Wait. And the Muslims are the biggest prey to this type of activity. One wonders why. Maybe shaitan operates in a very professional way when it comes to us because he knows we have iman. May Allah safeguard us. Remember one thing, I always tell people, we want to look at signs. You know, they tell you, look at the clouds, it says Allah. When I was young, I'd seen Father Christmas in the clouds also. Wallahi, it's a fact. If, if, if the Qur'an, which is the living miracle, cannot move you, what do you think is going to move you? These false signs around you? Allahu Akbar. If Allah says, إِقَتَرَبَتِ السَّاعَةُ وَانْشَقَّ الْقَمَرُ when Muhammad ﷺ pointed at the moon, it split in two. If that doesn't raise your hair, you think a small beetroot written Allah on it is going to move you? When the Hindus use the same beetroot and say, no, it's written Om on it. Wallahi, it's a fact. So if that was evidence that your deen is correct, then what about all the Hindus and Christians and everyone else who've brought even more clear evidence to show you they've also got rutis and they've also got 
you know, tomatoes and so on, where their God's names are written. So if that is the evidence of a religion being correct, where you're supposed to look for tomatoes and rooties and eggplants and so on and, and, and vegetables, then what happens to the Qur'an? Are we putting it on one side? Look at how shaitan comes to us. We have the most powerful gift. When you read and understand the Qur'an, you will shake. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا The true believers are those whom when Allah is mentioned, they tremble. And when the verses of the Qur'an are recited, it increases their belief and conviction. And they are solidified. This is the Qur'an. But with us, we will read the Qur'an khatam after khatam after khatam. It hasn't moved us at all. We're still in the clubs. We're still in the casinos. We're still on drugs. We're trying to justify the use of weed. Astaghfirullah. And we're trying to justify everything else that it has no harm in it. And the Qur'an doesn't move us. Then someone shows us a small little piece of potato and we say, Subhanallah. For the first time, rather than all the verses of the Qur'an, which is the living miracle. Allahu Akbar. And the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Where are we? Where are we? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding of the Qur'an. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ أَمْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبٍ أَقْفَالُهَا Are they not going to try to understand and ponder over the verses of the Qur'an? Or are their hearts sealed by its locks? Maybe the hearts are sealed by the locks. So we need to repent. We need to ask Allah's forgiveness. Yes, there are signs that Allah sends to us. But those signs should make us closer and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should not fall prey to people's dreams and to this and to that. No, we should understand what have I done and you done to educate ourselves regarding the message that Allah has sent in the Quran. Today I was speaking to a brother. I told him, brother, the biggest gift you can do yourself is to try and understand Allah's message to you and that is the Quran. Then talk about everything else. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. So getting back to what we were saying, it, the falsehood was easily told. Very easily. Because the father saw this is a shirt, it has no sign of a tooth, it has no sign of being torn, and these people are saying it's blood. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of how he says, فَصَبْرٌ جَمِيلٌ وَاللَّهُ الْمُسْتَعَانُ عَلَى مَا تَصِفُونَ My patience is very beautiful. My patience is very beautiful. Allah has bestowed upon me some patience and sabr. You have taken my son away. I know that you are telling a lie. Allah alone is whom I seek the assistance of regarding what you have described. So he turned to Allah. In the meantime, the scene changes and goes to where this young boy is. After a while, وَجَاءَتْ سَيَّارَةٌ The caravan passed later on. It was not such a long time. The caravan passed and they sent their messenger to go and get some water from the well. And when he released or when he rolled down his bucket, what happened? He thought it's filled with water, picking, picking it up again. And he looked at it. Oh, good news. This is a little boy. Imagine. He wanted water, he's getting a little boy. And he's so excited because he knows, first thing comes to their mind. Those people who are crooks and robbers, what comes to their minds? When they find something, lost property, you have a phone on the floor. 
A true mu'min will pick it up and hand it in. Please, we have an announcement. This is a phone. It has been found. This, that. It's... What will a crook do? First thing, is anyone looking? No one. No one's looking. Put it quickly into your pocket. Now we're gone. And then there's an announcement. Please, brothers, there's a phone missing. Quickly cover the phone. I don't know about it. These are crooks. May Allah safeguard us. They get happy. They get excited. When there's lost property, the first thing they think of is how am I going to sell it and how much am I going to make for it? This is why they say when there is hot stock, hot stock meaning stock which is stolen, it's sold for next to nothing because people want to get rid of it. Allahu Akbar. So the cost of it is 20 rands and they're selling it for 2 rands. Brother, just 2. Give it to us. Take it. Then you know there's something fishy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection. So these people, as soon as they picked him up, what did they do? They took him silently as though he was merchandise. Allahu Akbar. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they then sold him. On that side, the father and the brothers have their own scene. And here they have sold this boy in the market as a slave for a few dirhams. A few little coins. What does Allah say? You can count them on your hands. So that means the point I was making moments ago, very cheap. They sold him next to nothing. They didn't even really want this child. They just said, hey, let's get rid of him. So neither did they harm him, nor did they benefit him. But instead they just sold him. So they gained a little bit of wealth from it and they carried on. Now someone purchased him. He was sold in Egypt. The one who purchased him in Egypt, he told his wife that you know we should honor this young boy, look after him carefully, he will be our servant and so on. He will benefit us. And if we look after him properly, there will be greater benefit and we can even consider him a son. As it is reported, they didn't have their own children. So these people took this child and they began, subhanallah, to use him as a slave. In the sense that he, they, they treated him well to a degree at the beginning and thereafter, the trouble started. What was the trouble? Allahu Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Yusuf alayhi salatu was salam was there. Very, very good looking young boy. As he grew a little bit older and he matured into a young man, the woman, very sadly, the wife of this man, she had an evil intention. And she wanted to lure this young boy for illicit activity. And Allah makes mention of this in the Quran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it. How there came a time when Yusuf alayhi salam was caught in a fix. He is in the home, the boss is gone out, and his wife is now with evil intention left in the home. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how she locked the doors and she called him through. And he says, no ways I seek protection of Allah. I seek the protection of Allah from this activity. And indeed, your husband has been very kind to me. He has been very good to me. 
she was not satisfied with that answer. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. Once when we were speaking about this particular verse, we drew an example that I'd like to draw here again. It might be slightly different, but it is very important. This was, if we'd like to look at it, more like a workplace of Yusuf alayhi salam. How many of us in our workplaces, we have a situation that is not ideal for a Muslim male or female? And how many people have been engaged in illicit activity at the workplace? And how many people have been pressurizing those whom they work for or those who work for them to engage in this type of behavior? Now this is mentioned in Surah Yusuf. And the lesson we draw from this is, if we abstain for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will open our doors one after the other. Whereas, if we engage in it, thinking that it is very good, and thinking that we will have amusement and a pastime and enjoyment for a little while, then there is doom to come unless we repent and engage in the turning back to the right path. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen our hearts. So it's a powerful lesson for us to learn. And thereafter we have Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam, she rushed behind him. She made a firm intention, I'm definitely going to get this boy. وَهَمَّ بِهَا لَوْلَا أَرَّأَ بُرْهَانَ رَبِّهِ Had it not been for the signs that Allah had sent this particular boy, and had it not been for the protection of Allah, and had it not been for the fact that the, the, the master of the home was coming and so on, this young boy would have also fallen into the trap. Allah says, yes, initially he had planned, he made a dua to Allah, Ya Allah, protect me. But when the pressure mounted and it continued and the door continued knocking and she continued trying and so on, Allah says, had it not been for our security to have secured this young boy, he probably would have fallen as well. Allahu Akbar. From this we learn, do not overestimate your piety. No, we need to know that it is through the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we will be able to abstain from sin. Someone thinks, no, I won't do this. But wallahi, if we are too confident of it without putting Allah in the picture and constantly seeking the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is a possibility and probability that we may fall into what we never dreamt we would be able to fall in. Especially when there is persistence. And this is why it's important for us to change the environment if we have to. If there is an environment that is negative, not conducive, and there is an environment that is resulting in our spiritual downfall or the possibility of it on a daily basis, your best bet is to leave that environment and opt for something where inshallah you'll be saved from that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كَذَٰلِكَ لِنَصْرِفَ عَنْهُ السُّوءَ This is how we chose to save him from evil and from immorality. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him from evil and immorality because Allah says he was from amongst the chosen ones. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the race. And this is the last thing we will mention tonight. Tomorrow we will continue inshallah. Allah says, وَاسْتَبَقَ الْبَابَ وَقَدَّتْ قَمِيصَهُ مِن دُبُرُ وَأَلْفَ يَا سَيِّدَهَا She ran behind him. And when he got to the door to try and escape, she had pulled the shirt and torn it from the back. And when they saw the master, meaning her husband had come in from the door, and he seen a little bit of commotion, she quickly opened her mouth and said, 
ما جزاء من أراد بأهلك سوءا إلا أن يسجن أو عذاب أليم What is the punishment that should be served upon someone who's intending to harm your own wife? Look at how she turned the table. Never underestimate sin. Sin is such that the person who called you into it will blame you for it when they are caught. Allahu Akbar. And remember, it will come back to haunt you. It's not worth it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. Because when sin comes to haunt a person, wallahi, it can do more than any ghost can actually do to haunt you. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the miracle that occurred. There was a miracle. A little child that spoke out at that particular time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of this child. And the child says, Allah says, Shahida shahidun min ahliha. There was a little shahid, a witness that spoke. Innocent witness. In kana qamisuhu qudda min qubulin fasadaqat wa huwa min al-kathibin. The child says, the witness says, look at the shirt. If it is torn from the front, it means she is telling the truth and he is guilty. And if it is torn from the back, it means she was running behind him. That is why the shirt is torn from the back. So she is a liar and he is telling you the truth. So, this man looks at the shirt and he sees it is torn from the back. And he knew automatically who is telling a lie and who is telling the truth. But he had to side with his wife. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from siding with those whom we may be related to when they are wrong. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all a lesson. Inshallah, we will continue at that point inshallah tomorrow. By the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until then we say wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad subhanallahi bihamdihi subhanakallahumma bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk